The following episode of FOFOP is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. FOFOP advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Welcome to the final faux fop of 2020. And I thought, seeing that we've got to the end of this story of 2020, that everything is fixed, everything is healed. America is once again the great nation that it has always been revered as worldwide. American exceptionalism, number one, USA. That I would get back on uh, a friend of mine from the United States of America to tell us how united those states are. No, it's not Dave Anthony, because I thought we'd end the year with some fun and not depression. <laughs> it's Gareth Reynolds. Hey, Hello, I will also depress, just not as heavily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi, Will. I haven't spoken to you since America has been yes, healed. So the great I'm healing. Happy, happy to see you. Happy to see your smiling face from the beacon of democracy that is the United States. <laughs> Things are fine again. Don't worry. We're back, baby. Which is what Biden tweeted one day. He was like, the United States of America is back. And I was like, wait, what? You don't just get to do that. That's not how this works. It's not. You don't get to secret the country. I love that. It's just a vision board scenario. Like Biden just one day on his Instagram, he's putting yeah. together his vision board in the background. He's like, we're back, baby. Justin Timberlake brought sexy back and now big yeah. Joe Biden's going to bring America back. Yeah, he's he's got like a little Timberlake cut out in the corner and then just like positive vibes like cut out from a Cosmo in the other corner. He's like, Jill, look at my vision board. I think America's back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's what we really traded was we, you know, in a trade that has varying levels of success to certain people before anything has happened, people are just like, ah, thank God we can go back to normal. And then a lot of us are just like, I have major concerns. I mean, okay. So firstly, the old guy hasn't left yet, which I mean, I guess we all suspect it might happen, but has been still to see play out in real time because it was always a speculation like if trump was president like that while he was actually president what's he going to do with two months where he can just like hang out in the white house and do whatever he wants to do yeah it's 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 a movie (laughs) plot it's it's like you know what i mean it's like a reality show story it's the concept has never stood out as bananas until now when you're like, what the fuck is our, what do we do? Yeah, when we fire the one guy, we let him just hang out in the office for two more months yeah. and still uh, make he's decisions. Still the boss. We, like, yeah, he's still he a jar. Still yeah, he's still the boss. He's still all the, the boss. Major decisions. He's yeah. good. We fire him, and then he gets to make all the calls for the future of the company I mean, for two can months. Can you imagine any other company, like whatever your business is, if you fire a guy because you believe that he's not up to the job, then you just go. By the way, yeah, you do. You're hire, You're gonna hire someone. We got your replacement, but he can't start for two months. Can you just run it for two more months as you, however you see fit, and nobody can say no. 
Yeah, this is the first time when we're, you know, when you're like, what a crazy, dumb idea. But, you know, like all things with not only Trump, but just like America as of late, it's so interesting when you see the form that these things take, like these moments that you know are coming, like whether it's the election or even when it is Trump himself, like what is the manifestation of our, you know, corrupted society going to actually lead to? And then you see these things, but to be in the the phase where not only did Trump lose, but how he's not going to leave. In my head, I thought this was going to be a much more powerful I'm not going to leave. Like that there would be people who are like, there's nothing we can do. I mean, what we need to do, we got to get the UN involved, you know, something like that. Instead, yeah. everyone's like, no, he's going. <laughs> he's just like sitting there, you know, like just stealing doorknobs from the place. I think that has been the one refreshing thing about it because – I think there was speculation, of course, that he wasn't going to take any loss well. He was going to claim that he won. He was going to try to never leave. But we all assumed that, that the way that this story had been going, that that would involve the rise up of militias. There'd be fighting in the street. We'd have to send in troops. Like maybe the army would be going up against like, you know, other state forces. Like it felt like yeah. it was really building to that. And instead... Jared Kushner and John Kerry stabbing each other on the White House lawn. And instead, it's just... Nah, no, nah, he's going to leave. Like, everyone's just decided, nah, we'll, it's fine. We'll drag him out yeah. when we need to drag him out. Let's just... Look, he's got till the 20th. We made a deal. He's got till the 20th of January. That's the deal. And until then, we're just... We will wait and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it really ne- is. Ne- I mean... It's nearly two whole months. Like, this is my favorite thing about it. Nearly which, two whole months. Which in COVID, ti- COVID time has bent time in every way, and this part included. Like, I, it was going so slow, and then the summer just kind of flew by, and then I look back on the year, and I'm like, it feels like it was six weeks to nine years. And then this, it's also exactly like, now you're like, two months is a lot of days. And this guy can just do, I mean, he can just do whatever he wants. And he's just there living like, living like, a, like, again, like a 20, 20th century Fox movie preview. Like, but we can't get him out for 60 days. <laughs> wow, I feel good. Like <laughs> Trump, Trump just sliding through the White House. Is that the sort of, hey. <laughs> Sipping it, he's sip. just picking up a spatula, singing into it. He's got like, no, it's like a fried chicken leg. He's got a bucket of it's KFC. A, it's a bone. Under one yeah, arm, and he's a... singing into a bone. Yeah, and he's wearing his diaper around the place. He doesn't even give a shit anymore. Like he's openly just wearing the diaper now. I'm a big baby, Trump. 2021 yeah. <laughs> coming to the cinema yeah. soon. Yeah, Mike Pence, like, sir, we need to talk about some of these. Talk to the hand. Boo! Whoa! I mean, it all. I'm gonna make a do. It does seem like an excellent way to set up your government to give somebody a 60 day Brewster's Millions style scenario. Yeah, for sure. They- no, for sure. It, no, it makes total total sense. And uh, and <laughs> it, it, it is completely brutal. Like we are. I mean, we are like the movie country where especially now as the demise is really taking hold it, you know it's the way we're going to go down is going to be hilarious it's going to be like a pratfall like a slow motion pratfall do you know how many weeks we uh, give our government to change governments in australia when we vote them out what do you guys do three months <laughs> do 18 weeks what are you guys at 
What's what normal space of time do you give the person to pack? Mate, in Australia, it's like on The Bachelorette where like two guys are going right. on a date and they make them both pack their suitcases. And then, so, so, so you know who won right. by like a PA just coming in and which suitcase they Dragging grab? Dragging a suitcase out of the room, <laughs> yeah. and that's it. You're out. And mate. then the back of a, the back of an Escalade, just like I don't really know what went wrong, but obviously the uh, policies we'd put in place were not registering with the people, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what do you? How, what, I mean, what? What is it? A week? No, I mean, it really is that. It's pretty. It's immediate. I mean, I, I can't imagine in practicality it is actually immediate. It probably takes a week. Yeah, but essentially a week. Right. The new, Which is... the new guy or new woman is in charge from then. <laughs> yeah, it's rational. It's completely like it's a week is right. A week is like, all right, look, it's going to be an adjustment. We're going to need, you know, you're going to have to show her like the where, you know, where the keys are or whatever. And then ours is two long months where nothing happens. There's not there's nothing happening. There's just like nothing. We're just like, ah, he'll be here soon. You know, you're just like the last kid getting picked up from practice. Like our new president's on his way, I think. I mean, always ridiculous. But in a time when your country is still suffering the worst of... And so as we speak in Australia, we've had a pretty good run. But there's just been a little um, outbreak, a little cluster in New South Wales. So we'll see, you know. Do you know what we would do for a cluster? For our biggest problem to be a cluster, do you know what this country would do? We we would give you like Louisiana. We'd be like, take it. We just just give us a cluster. I don't think you understand, Gareth. Our entire country went into meltdown yesterday because twenty eight people have COVID. That's the twenty eight people. Well, I've had COVID twenty eight times this year. This is and for us, it's so bizarre to be like in this country right now because you are it's almost like we're the kid who broke our arm right at summer vacation. We're just watching by like we're just watching from the inside the building just as everyone frolics and has fun and goes back to doing shows and watching you motherfuckers be like, hey, I'll be here tonight. You know, all right, I'll do it. And you're just like, uh, uh, what your shows in front of hum What comedy returned? Whereas, like, uh, when I talk to, like, people who book my shows, you know, we're like, well, it's, you know, October's realistic. So, speaking of shows, um, I haven't been doing shows. And I was really planning on the idea that I probably wouldn't do a lot of shows in 2021. You know, that's kind of what the prognosis looked like, particularly when things were really bad. You know, the idea of gathering you know, a thousand strangers into a room and getting them to expel fluids from their mouth at each other did not seem like the most socially responsible of occupations to be pursuing during this time. And then I'm having this conversation with somebody in Australia and this is the difference at the moment. And maybe some of this is complacency, but I was literally having a conversation with somebody who just looked at me and said, mate, you're the only one who's not back. (laughs) Like (laughs) everybody else has started again. (laughs) I was like, I was like, it was like I was being talked down. Like I was the last Japanese soldier who did not realize the war was over. And this person was just like, everybody has been, <laughs> some people didn't stop. Everyone else is back. You are the only like one super who's friends. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I guess if everybody else is back, it is ridiculous not to be back. Like if they do the Melbourne Comedy Festival and 
I'm suddenly just not there because I'm the one guy going, I don't know if this is socially responsible and everybody else is just right. back having fun. Then it feels like I'm making right. a yeah. stupid decision. We think Will had something to do with COVID. Yeah. He's been very bizarre about the whole thing. Yeah. I, 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 it's, and I mean, it's the attitude here is exactly the opposite. There are not enough Will Anderson types who are like, let's be safe. Not only like our country is just, you know, it never stopped. I mean, stuff stopped, but we have these super spreading things all the time. Comedy shows are still going. I'd booked a date. Uh, I mean, I had a few, couple dates on the books, but then I'd booked a new date coming up, and you're just like, I just can't. I just, I wouldn't feel. Not only would I not feel comfortable, I, I, I don't think I could do my thing. I think I would just be thinking, like, sir, sir, it's not that funny. Don't laugh. Can you laugh into your arm? It's not that funny. It's a simple. I'm not doing any of the. I'm not trying to get this yeah, funny. And as you do that, they're finding that increasingly more funny. So you're trapped. Stop <laughs> laughing. It's that's not a joke. This is not a joke either. I'm not that. I'm not layering anything, ma'am. Nothing is being layered. It's not a callback. Seriously, uh, turn the mic off. Cut my mic. I'm serious about it, you asshole, sir, sir. <laughs> <laughs> just and then I become huge. The please stop guy. Please stop. There's a pandemic coming this Thursday night. I'm I'm not going anywhere Thursday night. I'm not doing a joke. Stop laughing. I'm serious. Critics love it. Shut up. I don't know why I'm on stage. I came here to chastise everyone, and you're laughing. Of course, everyone's laughing. <laughs> Thousand seaters. <laughs> I sh this is this is this is irresponsible. This is nothing short of irresponsibility. <laughs> that, that's my career. I mean. They're interviewing me. I don't want to do this should, interview. That's very funny, but we're going to ask some real questions. Studio. This is a terrible idea. I don't want to. I, I, who is doing this? We just should not be here. Please, I, look at my eyes. I am serious. <laughs> oh, man, you're funny. I am. No, I'm not. I, I'm saying with my soul. We need Your to soul. work together. And this stuff like, stuff like this hurts. Please do not laugh. Uh, uh, anyway, that's Gareth Reynolds. He'll look, be at Madison Square Garden this weekend. <laughs> I, I they I, I don't want to go there. Don't go there. No one go to those shows. They should not be sold out. <laughs> oh, you can't turn him off. You can't turn him off. That's what we love about. <laughs> I'm not. It's not a joke. This is life or death. Shouldn't be here. <laughs> You're doing great. I I fired you. Hilarious, but come on, we got to sign some contracts. I'm not, I, oh, fuck God's sake. <laughs> um, yeah, so yes, so I mean, so so the plan, I mean, your plan is to maybe get back out there. Well, I guess bit. so, test it. I mean, it's yeah. been. I guess it's been like nine months or something. March 15 was the last time that I did a show. So I haven't been on stage uh, since then uh, in front of people. And we just finished 10 weeks of doing Gruen for the first time. Like it was our 12th season. And um, we normally do it in front of an audience. And so we yeah. still made the show. We made it socially distanced. We made it without an audience. And that was all fine. 
but it really feels like I did not do the show because to me, the show is actually doing the show in front of the people in the room that night. And then like, you know, people see it on TV. For me, it's never been about the TV show, really. It's always been about doing that live show and then that just gets cut into a tv show and so well which is well yeah which is why it's a good so show. this year <laughs> yeah so this year we cut that bit out the bit that makes it really good right we took that away do do you i mean if you can be objective do you feel like they were worse shows or they were just different, they were different. Shows? i think there were some things right, about yeah, them that right. was better i mean you know we have a panel of marketing experts like marketing and advertising experts they're not live performers so some of them felt much more comfortable in an environment where you know they didn't have that live audience there they could just talk about what it is they want to talk about and there were aspects of the show that we had to adapt that we will never go back to doing the way we did it before this pandemic absolutely but yeah did the show suffer from not having that energy of a live audience in the room i think so i think it has to because if it didn't then there's no reason for that audience to be there i suffered that 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 yeah you talk about the relativity of time you know that time this year feels like it's been going really fast and really slow Never has that been more true than when you're doing like a, a two-minute monologue that normally is, you know, the most fun part of your entire oh. week. And then suddenly you're just doing it to an empty, quiet studio and you're like, why does this monologue uh, go for three weeks? This is... Uh, uh, that is so funny. I mean, yeah, that that really... It, that is so true. I mean, it's like, have you ever seen, uh, there's some videos online where they've, uh, like, I don't even know why I talk like that. There are videos online. On. If you go online. Um, where, where can you find online videos? It's, there are internet portals one may go into uh, online, and they, they exist online uh-huh. on a computer platform with some software uh-huh. capabilities. <laughs> um, where they, where it's, it's clips of friends, and they take out the laugh track. And it's just like one of them at Ross is like in a self-defense class. And when you remove the laugh track, what he's saying is actually quite violent against women. <laughs> and, and it just shows you you're like, oh, yeah, it's actually the audience reaction is very key to this, <laughs> to how I'm feeling. Uh, the, but, yeah, I, 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 mean, I certainly felt it in regard to because the tone of our show, you know, has a critical eye, not always a critical eye, but yeah. it has a critical eye towards advertising and marketing. But the way that I can get away with that with a whole bunch of people who work in advertising and marketing is that the audience is my superpower, right? Like they give me permission. Their laughs at these jokes about advertising and marketing give me permission to make those jokes in front of these people, right? Like it is. It's a bit of crowd bullying that they have to deal with the fact that I'm doing it because the audience is on my side. I am the voice of the audience. It's great. It's the right kind of bullying. You take the audience away. I'm just an impolite dude who's invited you over so I can be mean about your profession. Like if you really strip it back, it's like, hey, could you come in? Do me a favor for an hour and a half. I'm just going to tell you everything that's wrong with your job and your industry. Feels a bit more mean without the laughs, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Did you have like... Was the crew laughing? Were the people on the show like around there laughing, or were you pretty much? No, silent? so we said to the crew, "Don't, don't laugh," because basically, also they see rehearsals, so it, it would be weird right. anyway. Because the things they've seen in rehearsal, they wouldn't laugh at, whereas it'd only be random things that they did. But the panel still laugh. But again, you're yeah. talking about people who work in advertising and marketing, so they're making different choices right. about what they'll laugh about. 
in those jokes right. than so a regular you, yeah, audience. Yeah, by the end of it. So the right. real vibes out, you're like, oh, geez, I really like that one. Oop, complete silence for that one, which probably means... I think I'm losing my touch. Yeah. Am I not good at this anymore? You know what people love are marketing yeah. jokes, I've found. <laughs> yeah. They, they just, they test amazingly. <laughs> That's good on you, though, man, for not, um, you know, because I, I, there are shows, obviously, where the crews do laugh, and I think, you know, laugh tracks and things like that help. But I think I, like you, I have a commitment to trying to keep it real. And that is very good. That's, like, impressive, you know, to not have the crew laughing and shit and to just keep keep it there honest, was, you know? Uh, yeah, I am interested to see how it affects it when the crowds come back. Because yeah. having done it without the crowds and having to like learn to hold your nerve through the silence, I wonder if when a crowd comes back, you can still hold your nerve through the silence. Because I've never, yeah, you're never gonna, been good at that. You get that's what you, you're acquiring a new skill set. So you're gonna like that's that's your new superpower. <laughs> you know, I I think from doing weekly shows in my home where I am just talking into the void. Like there has been skills that have come out of it. Again, I would much, I would be like, if I had my druthers, I would rather be on the road, not learning those. But the perform, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to feel like I'm bombing again. Like, I'll be like one person chortled. I'm, this is fine. <laughs> you know, like, cause I've just been working with silence forever. And like, I've done a couple zoom shows where you do get to hear some people reacting and you would think it sucked, but it's like, you're just, it's like a drop of water in a desert. You're like, yes, <laughs> yes. That came from my thoughts. Yes. <laughs> Cause even when we've done the live dollops, like the virtual live dollops, we don't hear anything. So it's very strange. Cause we're like, no, a thousand people are there, but we're all, it's still just us like, all right, well, maybe that was funny. Might've been stupid. Who knows? One of the two. I mean, it is the, the idea that you've invited them all there and they are so close that they are laughing. They are there. If you just yeah. turned on a microphone, you would be able to hear them. But it's almost like yeah, it's it's, it's like, got a very Catholic punishment vibe to it. Like yeah, there's a very there's like a real Black yeah. Mirror torture to it, where it's just like oh, trust me, they're laughing, and you're like, can I hear them? No, but I I don't know. I mean, it yeah, it it will be. Int- I mean, your first show back is going to be fucking interesting. You know, I want. When you go back on stage and you're like, you know, and and to see what people are, I mean, surely the amount of COVID material, it's going to be, it's like disease Trump. Well, this is the, yeah. Okay. So this is one of the, I think the reasons that I was hesitant about coming back immediately. And I think what I might do is I might do, um, I was going to do Willegal, my show about being arrested. I was going to take it out on the road this year amongst some other shows and like I had a newer yeah. show, but my newer show I can't imagine doing because even just some of the things in that newer show, like this is a show that yeah. it feels incredible to say this. You talk about that idea of time. There is stuff in that show that I wrote about the Australian bushfires, right? You know, in January, like I wrote this material. It feels 10 years out of date. Like, yeah. I mean, even where I am, which was on fire this time last year, is currently flooding. Like, it's underwater at the moment. So even literally right. nature right. is like this material isn't topical anymore. <laughs> like, right. right. <laughs> can you turn this into a flood bit? Yeah. Because you can't. Yeah. Mother nature gave you the light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mother nature's the network. 
fires are not really relevant. Could it be a flood joke about instead of a fire, a flood? You're like, oh my God. What I realized that my last show was a whole bunch of things that I was just complaining about that I didn't have time to fix. Like, you know, apart from the world things. So all my personal stuff, it's all out of date because I've fixed all the problems. Like I had this whole bit about not being able to remember all my various passwords for all my... But of course, we've done nothing but be locked down in isolation watching Netflix and stuff for seven months. Guess what? I'm on, on top yeah. of all my internet oh. passwords. <laughs> like- well, that's a great... That that great that bit is great. Even the setting up of that bit, saying like you know, I had a bit because that's so true. I've never been more in touch with my television passwords. I'm like, what is it? Hulu? Yeah. I've got that right. Don't no, don't worry about it. It's yeah. That you need a symbol yeah. and a capital letter for that. I've got it all figured out. You know, I'm so good now at picking like crosswalks and chimneys from like re-signing them with passwords. That's hilarious. But that yeah, but because I, that's what it's like. Even because I had a bit about not being very good at um, I'm not a robot test. Like, because I am not very good at I'm not right. a robot test. Like, I, I, I get in my own head too much on these things. Like, I don't know if half a motorbike counts as a motorbike, right? And so I think so when they're like, show which ones have motorbikes, and then it's like half a motorbike, I'm always like, I think that is a motorbike for the purposes of this test to prove you're not a robot. But <laughs> as the sun's gone up, down, up, down. And I'm just like debating it out. I'm just like, but on the other hand, it is half a motorcycle. And maybe that would be the what, trick for the robots. They would recognize what makes what a, is motorcycle. a motorcycle. And does this Vespa count as a motorcycle? It's more a motor scooter. Of course it does. You're down at yeah. the beach. I mean, it's a Vespa, it's got wheels, it's got a motor. Come on, Will, you but know then, this. But then is an electric bike a motor scooter or is it an electric bike? Because <laughs> it's got wheels and it's got power. So under your definition yeah. of what a motorcycle is, an electric In bike. In the far back, I do see a chimney, but I don't think it's the chimney you're trying to cut out. But it's technically it a, chimney. a chimney. There are four. I think you've missed a chimney. Uh, you may be a robot. <laughs> I, th- I think this computer's the robot. Honey, get in here. This machine here, this robot's trying to suss out robots. Well... Twister Rudy Doody, this thing's a goddamn robot. I don't think it would know a chimney from its dick that it doesn't have. What a great way to find out you're a robot too, right? If you're just like, wait, I can't identify motorbikes. Well, that's a, I oh mean, my. literally the punchline of my bit was like, I fail those tests so often I'm starting to suspect I may be a robot because if that <laughs> is the test of whether you're a robot or not, I... Yeah. I feel very like you should be able to, if the test is, I mean, if you flip the wording of the test, because if the test is, are you a robot? It does give you some wriggle room, right? But if it just said, can you prove you're human? You'd think that you would be able to uh, be like, well, I am a human. So there's no way I could fail yeah. a test to prove that I'm a human. And yet every time when they do one of those tests and I'm there going, is that a traffic light? Is that the top of the traffic lights? I can't see like the circle of the traffic light, but that definitely looks yeah. like the top of a traffic light in that box. Could I just, yeah. do you reckon that counts as a, ch- I'm a robot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, also if robots realize that they just have to check that box, it's going to be game over for hacking. Well, I mean, this is, again, one of the things that I was exploring this bit, I'm never doing again, so I'm happy to talk about it. But I... <laughs> is the idea that this is the test we've come up with. Like, the least yeah. effective test in the history of uh, the internet, apart from are you over 18 on porn sites? Because 
Like, <laughs> yeah, surely totally. if yeah. you are a robot, Hard one to hack. you can program a robot to recognize traffic lights or cars or whatever. Yeah. Of course. Right. It's like, it's the version of like, remember when you used to like fly internationally and they'd be like, do you have a bomb in your bag? And you'd be yeah. like, no. And they'd be like, yeah. all right, go ahead. You'd be like, it's really, you're really looking for that person who's going to slip up right i mean just gonna fall right into your hands with this and it's one of those things that every you know comedian in the world had an observation about only because it was a real thing and comedians yeah. have critical eyes and ears and travel a lot Dude, like i how many hours do you think you could do on planes and travel if if you were to just like let yourself go oh. i feel like i could do two hours on well, travel. I mean, I have a 80 minute show about getting arrested on a plane. So you've just got to like, that's Fair. that's 80 minutes at the start that I could easily stretch out to two hours if I included all the details. That's before I make my general observations about the process of flying. Like when you used to fly to America, they had a, an even better version than that. When you filled in your form, you might have done this over the years. On the form, it said, are you planning to assassinate the president? I did not yeah, know that. Like on the form you had to fill out, what? are you planning to assassinate the president? Like, is there any chance that if you are planning to assassinate the president, that's going to be the final question you you stumble over? Honey, look, they got us. I can't do this. I'm not going to lie oh. on the form. Yes, <laughs> this is going to be a weird. It's going to be weird when we get to customs. I'll tell you that much. I don't think we're going to be able to get him because they, they've seen right through it. Yeah. <laughs> it is i i mean like what i have like on my album maybe i mean maybe like five or six minutes i tell one story about being on a plane but that's what i did too i was like there's so much that can fit around a plane bit because all you think of are like plane jokes because traveling drives you crazy but i think yeah most people are not like tell me more jokes about your flights this week you know but to have a whole show I mean, that you getting arrested for that provided like when you look back, would you trade the experience for the show? Would you rather have not been arrested and not gotten the show? So it's a very difficult question to answer and one that I have pondered uh, relentlessly. The further I get away from it, the more I probably think that I'm glad that it happened. At the time, right. it was a genuinely traumatic experience and like it felt like absolute shit. And so there was a great period of time where I absolutely in a heartbeat would have swapped out like a different show for not having the experience. But now that right. I have done that show so often and people have enjoyed that show so much and I realize in retrospect, it was it's quite a kind of cool life experience to have had in some ways. Like, you know, if you're ever going to get arrested, it's got like it being a time when it turns out that you're going to get cleared that you haven't done anything wrong is the perfect time to experience those things. Like, you know, you yeah. kind of think it's like cosplay. Yeah, I got the whole experience yeah. of like being handcuffed and being in a like, you know, police van off the plane. Of, handcuffed. Like, you yeah. Know, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, the, like down at the police station being interrogated, like being in a police cell, well, plus you're you're tall and famous, so you get that like walk through the airport where people are like, I think that was Will Anderson. Oh, and it was all written. No, there was news crews there by the time they put me in the back of the police van. So because it was a, part of because that, because it was in a small town. Part too. of that, like you know, you got, you've got the thing of going. This is like the biggest incident that's happened in this small town. So this is gonna and it's uh, news. You're like McCartney sneaking weed. 
it's still well that's still always yeah the bit of this story that i'm like i'm sure there was weed in my bag somewhere like <laughs> the, the bit of this story that really could have gone the other way was yeah. if they had searched that bag a little more closely because I think it might have, while I had not done anything wrong in the way they thought I had, they might have incidentally noticed yeah. that I'd done something wrong Stumbled along the way. upon another crime. Oh, thank God he's got weed. Oh, that's good. Oh, because we were going to look like assholes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I you know, I th- I think that I've found that too, where it's like you, it's maybe not maybe not on that level, but these experiences that are shitty, your brain just goes right away to like, well, there's probably a joke in here, you know. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of comedy comes show. from shitty situations, right? And I mean, I think if you're talking yeah. about productivity, if you're talking about in my entire life what particular burst of creativity led to the most sort of reward exponentially, then it's got to be that incident. It's a one hour flight. The entire story takes 24 hours. (laughs) Like the efficiency of, if you could get a whole new show out of something, you know what this is like as a comedian, you spend like a year or two years or whatever compiling your like hour of material. I managed to knock like one off in a weekend that efficiency, if I could just go, I'm going to go on Ugh. one trip this weekend, whatever's going to happen is going to give me a new 80-minute show. There is a an efficiency in that. Well, I and it's also it's also that you're so experienced at it that you immediately are like, I got the sausage. Yeah. <laughs> like you can make something out of this so quickly, you know, at this point. That would be a funny TV show would be the guy who like now just goes out just to get have crazy experiences for stand-up. Lives his life just for the bits. I mean, that is actually a pretty good idea. I think I could do that. Like, I think if somebody just put me into like a really full on situation for 24 hours and then was like, okay, go away and write a show about it. And like, and then you sort of do the show in between the experiences. I think that would be. Yeah. Just go live in the woods for like three days. See how that goes. Yeah. Where's Will? He's doing ayahuasca in the woods (laughs) for three days. With yeah. a dude who he just like he hitchhiked there, he, he convinced yeah. the dude who picked him up to also do the ayahuasca. The dude has a lot of hunting equipment. Anyway, we're pretty sure this is going to be a great show. We're not sure if we see Will again. We're very confident in this hour, uh, but nobody's had eyes on him for two weeks. Uh, last we saw, he was at the woods. Yeah. Well, I mean. Uh, or the go. idea, perhaps, because it has been my most successful ever show. Like more people have seen that show, I think, than any other show that I've ever done. What if I sort of leaned into that? Like my manager comes to me and is like, you know what? Everyone's talking about COVID, but you're real cut through. Like Hannah Gadsby, she, you know, dismantled, you know, the male patriarchy and, you know, had an independent voice for, you know, difference and feminism what people like about you is getting arrested so basically we're just going to arrange for a series of arrests random arrests during the year you just never know when there's going to be a surprise arrest a few crimes that we'll be able to nothing will carry a long sustaining sentence but out of this we think you can get nine to ten shows (laughs) it'll be a tough year for sure all right, now bend over. We're going to put heroin in you. <laughs> Don't worry. We've got a great attorney. This show's going to be great. Trust us. <laughs> we, we, you might get three months in holding, but we consider that good writing time. 
three months in holding. A, good writing time. B, the stories you're going to make from the guys you're going to meet. Who, you, who knows what we're going to see on the other side? You know, you know, Will got arrested nine times last month. He's been on a content spree. Oh, he's amazing. This guy's willpower. That's the title. Willpower. There we go. This thing writes itself. <laughs> yeah, that's so fucking great, though. I mean, well, I'm I'm proud of you. I'm proud of your country. I uh, it is again being here is just the craziest and being here with the you know the it feels like you share an apartment with a psychopath like the people here are just i mean it's just i can only imagine what you guys think of us over there because we're sitting here just like what the fuck is going on uh, okay yeah so you're talking about like where you guys are at and the idea of living with I, like a well i mean what, what is it like there i guess is the question well, I don't really know because I don't really go places. So but, literally you don't go places? Um, like what is your day-to-day existence like? Some days I don't go anywhere. Um, I, really the only places I go to are places where like I have to go to for some reason. Like I pulled my hamstring so I was like getting a couple massages on it or I had to go to the dentist because I'm English. <laughs> and, um, you know, just like... Stuff like that. Outside of that, it was just pretty much the store. So just like the, the store to the get comedy food store. and I would yeah. go early. Just to do a couple of sets. The comedy yeah. store where I, well, that's where I get all my groceries. <laughs> a lot of people think that that's like a club. That's just where comedians shop for food. You know, there's milk that's got like past the sell-by date. And, you know, you think you bought a bar, jar of pickles, but it's olives. It's all a good gag. Um, but uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I really, I really don't, uh, I don't go... Uh, many places, but you do just from a general glean of of what people are doing. You know, people are pissed. People are fed up. Uh, the, 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 we're not we did not we do not have a government that is paying people like every other uh, country that has money. You know, like you guys are, have given a great way, you know, just just saying to people, your job now is to help us stop this pandemic and and help stop the spread of this. Whether you believe in it or not, whether you want to wear a mask or not, we are going to compensate you for this inconvenience and this troubling economic time for you by just straight up giving you money. This country is nickel and diming the people on a level that's crazy. And for some reason, not enough of the people recognize how bullshit that is and instead do the things you think they would do, which is that they are revolting in their own way, subtle ways or uh, very sp- specific ways, not wearing a mask, trying to open establishments that, you know, aren't open. The fact that states have different laws, the fact that, you know, Trump never really put out a mandate or any sort of overwhelming set of rules. It was basically to be decided by the states or the cities. And you just have people. People are just fed up. People are sick of it. People are done. Uh, they don't give a shit. So we are leaning on the vaccine heavily, but we need to get 70% of the people to take it. And I, in this country, I mean, I was reading earlier, like there's already a problem. Like there's like place cities are already like, where's the vaccine? And tr- the Trump administration is like, you got the vaccines. And people are like, no, we didn't. And it's like, yeah, you did. And we're like, good. This is going really fucking well right off the bat. But, um, I mean, it's always a good so, situation yeah. to be in with a vaccine too, where your only solution is to rush into it. 
Like, oh, this for is sure. definitely not anti-vaccine talk because I think that clearly, you know, if the scientists agree that the vaccine's the right choice, then it's probably in everybody's best interest to, you know, take the vaccines. But just generally with medicine, you don't want to be in a scenario where you need to be rushed into a possibility, yeah. any small possibility of it being an experimental situation. Like, you know, normally when they're yeah. like, oh, you know what, minimum it'll take two years for a vaccine. 18 months. You know what? Actually, we've got a vaccine. Let's just take it now. Yeah. I mean, it. it cert- I mean, yeah, you, part of you is like, hey, that's great. You guys did that so fast. A yeah. little how, too how fast. How did you do it so fast? <laughs> I'd like you to walk me through this process, doctor, and I'm yeah. air quoting. How, how in those nine months did you work out how this will f- affect me in 10 years? How did you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Sh- I get, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a nurse and she was saying like, she's like a lot of people on at the hospital are, do not want to take it, you know, might not take it. Like they're skeptical. I understand it. I mean, I, and, and I think in this country in particular, I would, I understand people who are like, they're going to try to kill us because it feels like they're trying to kill us. I mean, it feels like they are trying to kill people. Like they're just like, fuck it. Let's just let them, let, you know, let science, let nature do its thing. You know, death finds a way. Um, I mean, there is an so, element yeah, of that, but, definitely. But, there, it feels like an element of they watched The Purge and just went, that's a bit too obvious, but what if we did it with a disease? What if we... Yeah, they're like, 2030 yeah. we can get there. What do we have for 2020? <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, you know, I even know from personal experience of people I know here who I have seen just through social media completely change their worldview in crazy ways with the QAnon shit or, I mean, any, you know, any of these uh, wild theories that are, you know, crazy. Um, it's just th- this. I, I think obviously, like, we're the prototype and every other country is trying to get their hands on this hot for, you know, I mean, we are dumb. We are misinformed. Our government has completely steamrolled us. There's been a, a corporate takeover of our government, and that's the model. Um, but when you're actually living amongst it, it is just it terrifying in many, many ways. And like we were alluding to earlier, this this idea that people are going to be in the streets and militias and stuff like that, like it. I think it, you know, it hasn't happened yet. It might not happen over the election, but man, that time is coming. I don't know how it's going to happen or why specifically or what's the straw that's going to break the camel's back, but people are on the brink of fucking done. (laughs) And when it's time, I mean, you know, you're going to be like, it's going to feel like it's sweeps week for America where we're like, we really got to hit them with the guest stars. This well, week. it is one of those things where it the, the world has changed so substantially and there is just this natural, what it has shown me is what our natural human propensity to try to like go back to order or think that things will be fine. It's okay. This will be fine. <laughs> right. They'll fix this up and everything will go back to normal. And our brains kind of think that way. They kind of, constantly trying to readjust to the fact that and so i think that's why when we're going through such abnormal things we still are tying them to this aspect of reality but after a while when you've been in the middle of something like that yes of course it feels like there's going to be violence on the streets of course it feels like your government is trying to kill you when so many people are being killed through the inaction of the government and as you said 
that real that idea that most countries and Australia did it. You know, you can argue over the levels, but I think to a reasonable level. Yeah. Um, paid people to not work, paid people to not open their businesses, paid people to stay at home. And then you go, okay, that's your job. Your job now is to just help everybody else. And as, as a government, our job is to pay you money to convince you to not do these like incredibly risky things. So if your government doesn't do that, if your government doesn't say, hey, people, here's some money, of course, then desperate people are in situations where they think, well, I can make my own choices. Yeah, it's completely. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you, you pretty much through all this in this country have invalidated the rationale behind mm -hmm. government. I mean, you know, through through your actions, you basically, I mean, you you could make an argument that for long term sustainable corruption, you should pay people, like for their own safety to preserve their own country club mentality. It makes more sense to pay these people for this short term, and then you can keep laughing all the way to the bank for another 20, 30 years. Instead, because our country operates like a cokehead looking for one more line, they're just like, you know, they're basically just like, no, no, we can't. No, we need it now. No, we got to hold on to this money. It's like, you're going to get yourselves killed. Like, are you out of your minds? If you, I mean, you know, the mob is run with more efficiency. Like, there is, they just... It's it's very crazy to watch. I mean, even today, like there's, you know, supposedly we're going to get our second stimulus, which will have twelve hundred dollar checks. And there's so, you know, they take it out of you in so many other ways, but at least giving people enough money to go. Oh, fuck. You know, first paychecks that they're going to give people since July. Twelve hundred dollars, which, again, does shit in this country. Um, but they're going to be able to. And then there's a Republican senator who's like, no, 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 no. We're mortgaging our children's future if we give give away these the money. And it's just like th there are literal children now who need the money now. And he's like, but the future babies, you know, it's it's very strange to watch. And it's it, in many ways. It's going to be a very different society when we come out of this. And COVID will be the second problem. The first problem will be the government response. That's what we'll live with for the next two decades, you know. See, now it feels like we do have Dave Anthony on this show. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, it, think about doing the dollop and trying to not insert this sort of shit. Like, I mean, we try. I try so hard to not just be like, like today with socialist, you know, you just ha you bite through your tongue. But it's all so relevant and crazy that you're just like, fuck, you know, I mean, the dollop is such a weird podcast to have been doing during right. the time we've done it because it it was historical. And when we started, we I think we both knew, Dave probably more than I knew, that shit was going to hit the fan. But the idea that our show is about the history of shit hitting the fan, and we now do it while the shit is clogged in the fan, it's just like... And you see all the connection points. It's just crazy. It is. I mean, obviously, it makes you much more aware that, you know, if you don't learn from your history, you know, that you will yeah. make those same mistakes, of course, again in the future. But also just how many direct parallels there are. It's impossible. Yeah. Like Dave had to say, like, I, we probably can't keep drawing yeah. connections. You know, I mean, because every episode. We probably episode, can't just say, like today, like this thing that happened like today. today you know, 
well, it doesn't sound familiar to me, Dave. Like I had to drop that bit that two years ago was really great. Now it's like it's just a catchphrase now. You know, it's too much. Speaking of which, I do you remember when we did um, – when we did a run of shows, when we did, uh, I think we did like Seattle, Portland, San Francisco oh, yeah, together, yeah. and you were our guest for all three. Um, so I had to listen to, had to, but I never listened to, I'm, I don't, do you ever listen to no. Faux Fop or Toe Fop? No, yeah. See, you do it and you're kind of like, whatever. That's that's how I am with the dollop. But um, I was going to do a guy's radio show, and he was like, my grandmother was Ruby who was married to Marion Zionchek. And I had to be like, what is that? What is that? And he's like, you guys did a dollop on it. And I was like, oh, oh, I don't remember shit. And he's like, it's a crazy story. So I was like, well, I should listen yeah. to it. Well, it's one of it's from us from San Francisco. And um, the story, first of all, this I, it was probably the only time when I've like listened to a dollop and not remember, you know, and l actually, and I was actually going, this is insane. I was listening to it, but so the story's insane. But uh, you and I, me especially, don't shut the fuck up. Dave is like, <laughs> he must be like cutting out chunks in his mind because. We will just keep going. And it's funny. I'm very annoying at times. But for the most part, it's funny. But we, I mean, that show was like, I think it was over two hours. I mean, we were just, it, we couldn't stop. The story is so fucking crazy. But it was amazing to listen back to because I was like, <laughs> I was like, I sound like I'm a cokehead. And God damn, this story is crazy. And it was well, I, I, you know so. what I remember about that night was, because sometimes it, yeah, those dollop shows, it, it, because they're in different theaters, you know, in different places, the acoustics and the sound are set up differently. And all I remember about right. that night was I couldn't quite hear Dave properly. That's the one yeah, I remember, right? right? And so the whole time I felt like I was like, so not only do I not remember the story, but I'm not sure even on the night I got the you whole probably... story because <laughs> like I was like on the end, like, you know, like on the outside of a conversation, just kind of like, what was that? <laughs> and then just like seeing where you were running and trying to guess what it is we were doing a lot of the time. I distinctly remember the whole time just being like, what? What was that? What? Oh. Oh. What? Oh. I mean, talk about that's like comedy boot camp. <laughs> All right, Will, we're going to need 30 puns, but you can't hear yeah. the setup. Go! Yeah. You can only hear one comedian making jokes, and you'll have to base your jokes off of That's his jokes. It was. It was the It's telephone. like telephone. Or as you learned yeah. in Australia. Which, uh, <laughs> yes, has a different name in your country. Do you know how hard it is for the U.S. to shame you on racism, and yet still somehow... Australia finds a way sometimes. It's funny because we're actually in a bit of a we're having a little bit of a confrontation with China again now in Australia. So we have a weird trade relationship with China and because we're very dependent on China for a lot of our trade. And uh, at the right. moment, there's a lot of diplomatic incidents happening uh, between Australia and China. So that's that's fun. Oh, boy. Because there's no way that we'd be the people who loses out of whatever fight that we're picking there. <laughs> like, you know, just... Yeah, no, for sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's like Australia's the little dog that thinks it's the big dog yeah, in this one. It's like, guys, I, I understand that we need to have some pride. I get that. Let's right. have some pride. Let's dance the dance that we're equal partners and that we have 
equal power to bring to these negotiations. Let's. I, I enjoy <laughs> right, the pageantry. Right. I enjoy that they let us have some self-respect. But let's be completely it's fun. honest. About it's like what a the night out. Is here. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, it's the rich. You know what? <laughs> it's the rich guy letting you pay for dinner. Let him do it, man. Let him right. pay for dinner. He right. wants to pay for dinner, but that's all his yeah. money. You know what? Just let him pay for dinner. But let's yeah. not pretend or, it's equal. I mean, that is so fucking true. But that's the world with China, you know? Like, let, let me pick it up. Like, when you ever, do you ever have that experience when you were so poor and you uh, said you'd pick something up and you didn't have enough money for it, like bluffing? I remember doing that, like going to a dinner once and being like, I, I got this just to seem like a competent businessman when meanwhile I was like, I the bank will literally call me if I they swipe this card. I remember going out to dinner. So there's a couple of scenarios. One was when I was first started doing stand-up and was just like so poor and all my friends like had their first jobs. So you know when your friends have their first jobs, they've got a bit of money for the first time ever. They want to go out. They want to like, you know, be doing yeah. things. And I'm the opposite. Like I actually had had a job and now I've given that up to do stand-up and I'm making no money at all. And like I would dread going out to dinner. Like I would be sitting there doing the maths in my head of going, please only let us pay for our own things. Like if we have to split this bill, I am absolutely fucked in this scenario. And I hadn't felt like that for years until quite recently. I had a dinner with somebody who took us out to this really super expensive restaurant and started ordering like, you know, expensive bottles of wine and all these sort of things. And there was just a point in the middle of it where I was like, I can't afford this if we split this bill. If he gets to the end of this and decides that we're splitting this bill, I'm actually fucked. I do not have, I've not done stand up for nine months. I do not have enough money uh, in my bank account to cover this fucking dinner. Like anyway, he didn't, he paid for it, but I, no, I remember, I remember once we went out at my Evan and the guy who was my writing partner, we went out for like a rap party dinner and Dr. Dre, Snoop, we all flavor flavor. Exactly. Yep. Killer yep, Mark. Def, it was, yeah, exactly. De, it, thank you. Yes. All the big names. We all go for a rap. Man, that is like how a, co a cop going undercover, you know? All right. So I just go into the rap party and they're like, Bruce, Bruce, you're going to need to. The terms are not working. It's like Paul Giamatti in uh, the NWA movie. Fellas, fellas, guys, I'm having good times at your rap party. And your name is Busta Rhythms? Rhymes. It's amazing. And that's your boy. You were born with that name. No. Oh, all right. Well, your buddy ITTI. Well, whatever. Uh, but th it was like we. <laughs> I thought I got that, that would to be fix, my dream. Fix my computer. I'm so sorry. I had it all yeah. wrong. Oh God! No wonder he gave me that look. I asked the robot, uh, Andre Four Thousand. I think you guys call it. Ah. Oh. And his buddy, little boy, that guy is not a little child, by the way. Why does he go by that? Robots. Oh, Mr. Dre, give it up here. Manager wants to see you up top. Give me five, my man. <laughs> hey, and he's got kitty, kitty, meow with him. Snoop doggy dog. Oh, well, still nice to be at the rap party. Rapid, rapid party. All right. Hell yeah. Eminem. Eminem. Ah, sorry. Eminem. My man, I like Skittles and M&Ms. Now, you are affiliated with them in some way? 
Is that your deal? Do you do the voice of the peanut ones in the commercials? Because I'll tell you, that is a sitcom that I would watch, my friend. All right. Ah, you know what? Cigars, huh? Actually, that is a sitcom I would watch if they had the two peanuts from the M&M's commercials. Peanut M&M's from the M&M's commercials. But and... one was voiced by Marshall Mathers, a.k.a. Yeah. Slim Shady. Oh, I'm going to kill you, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Let's. Come on. This is a holiday commercial. Let's just. <laughs> Has anyone seen the Kim Eminem? <laughs> oh no, oh no, you didn't. Oh good lord, how dare you! <laughs> I got. Oh, I gotta go to a rap party. That's my new dream. That's my new dream. But we went out to this like rap party <laughs> dinner. And the guy had insinuated that it was all going to be taken care of. And when he asked for separate checks, everyone was like, what the fuck? Oh, no. Yeah. And it was like legit. You know, it was one of those ones where you're like, yeah, I mean, you know, you work for someone and, you know, you know, they're making a shitload of money and you work hard for them. And, you know, that's just and and one of the people was a, a writer's assistant. And we all ended up like buying her meal because we were like, that's fucking ludicrous. I mean, it was ludicrous. Ludicrous was there. Who's also yeah. at the rap party. <laughs> all right, my man, ridiculous. <laughs> Slaughter Mike, my man. All right, all right, all right. I'm loving it. <laughs> I love Run the Jews. Now, are you guys orthodox? How does that work? Because Slaughter Mike, you do not look Jewish. I do not mean to offend you. And uh, what about you, PL? (laughs) 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 That's all I want to do now. That's uh, that's all I want to write is that shit. (laughs) Just... Rap party with the guy who's just a just, little off on every rapper's but loves name. It. Just like, but loves, loves it. Loves it. <laughs> and never, never stops trying. Relentlessly loves it. Relentless energy. Wants this to happen and work. I wonder. I mean, I mean, I imagine it's like any industry, right? There's, but in your rap world, there is such a. Like, I mean, it does feel like when you start to list it like that, you're like all stars of rap. They very much are as close to sort of musical, you know, Marvel, musical superheroes. Like it does have that sort of Avengers feel to it. Like like, even if you're picking pop stars or like even sports stars, I'm not sure that like a crew comes together quite as impressively as like a rap crew. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it would be different. <laughs> Which is again why Rap Party right. is going to be such a successful show. I mean, I think it speaks to the future success of Rap Party. And the whole series so, is just this guy going to rap parties and not knowing people, right? Non uh, the whole I it I I it could what? We do 23 episodes. I don't think anyone's going to You know complain. what though? You could actually sell that. Like you get Snoop or whoever involved. Someone who's got their own production company. You get TI or whatever. And you're like this is just the bit. Right. It's literally we just need you and all your mates to come in like, you guys are at a party. Yeah. The easiest thing in the world to film, yeah. right? So you literally yeah. get all those guys in. You just throw them a party. This is the budget of the film. And then this guy just walks through the party doing those bits. And then that's the show. Hey, all right. 
JD, <laughs> nice to see you. Is Yabonse here? Is she around? I haven't seen her. What about Gray Ivy? Did you guys bring her? Did you get a sitter? <laughs> it just, I would be, yeah. I, I, if we, look, I mean, you have connections. If you can make that happen, that would I be mean, great. I would I love that. I think you could convince the rap community to get involved. Have you, uh, so wait, now, are you talking, are you, you're you're not really you're not really drinking right now. You were saying. well, so yeah. I Is told. That, are you talking about? I that? told you that I um. So I I had four months off or whatever during Gruen, like just a yeah, unusual year, and but also like the health thing, you know, super paranoid about COVID, obviously, and the way that we were putting together the show. So I wanted to make sure that I was always healthy, like you know, seemed as healthy as I could possibly be in those scenarios, yeah. and so I had four months off and then last night I had like three beers and I was telling you because we started recording at 8am on a Saturday morning for me and uh, I was still feeling I'm still in my pajamas it's fair to say I didn't manage a shower or so am I to be fair and um, I yeah was feeling a little dusty when we started doing this this morning based on three beers which yeah it's just is that it shows you as we were talking about before we started is <clears throat> it's poison like alcohol yeah. is like delicious and last night when yeah. i was you know having a few laughs and you know having a pretty good time it felt like it, it felt like it was a really good you know choice that i was making but now this morning i'm just like i'm sweaty and i'm like kind of i've been had this like jiggly energy all morning while i've been sitting here and it's yeah. just like no you get and you get you get so addicted to good sleep like you're like sleep become you realize you recognize with sleep for what it is that it is a total recharge and a necessary thing which is a no-brainer <laughs> yes a thing that your body needs and yet and the sleep you get when you drink is so much shittier well yeah i mean that, that's that, what sleep, saying, that like, sleep thing is a, such a great observation though because there is nothing we take more for granted than sleep like the fact that you yeah. have to do it for a third of, like, basically the way that the human body operates. If you looked at, like, if your car, you're like, yeah, you could drive your car for, like, two-thirds of the day. But, like, to drive it for two-thirds of the day, you have to let it sleep for a third of the day. You'd be like, well, that's a pretty important part of having a car. I'm, I've got to make yeah. sure. I let make sure my car gets 12 hours right. of sleep. I make as, sure. As much as possible, you'd be giving your car. But when yeah. it's the human body, you're like, I'm going to do all these things that will make sleep impossible you know what it'd be great for my you know night a... of sleep drinking three beers and then having to urinate 95 times Ah, <laughs> uh, with like feeling like you've got a bushfire in your chest <laughs> just yeah I, it, it's shocking well so what i do is i i take off january from booze i used to say like i'm sober during january but then people go no weed either and then you got to go no of yeah. course weed that doesn't count but um, but I that month, I give myself one cheat night. If something pops up, like I'll probably do inauguration day because I think we're gonna do a dollop uh, inauguration coverage thing. But I'll take that month off. And over the course of that month, I go from going like, ah, oh, I'm really dreading sober January or dry January to like a weekend being like, this actually is fucking great. I feel really good. Two weeks in, just being like, I honestly do not miss alcohol at all. Three weeks in, like, look, do I miss a drink? Sure, I miss a drink, but holy shit, I'm in good shape. I feel fucking good. My sleep is great. End of the month, get there, 
And you're like, I don't even honestly know why I drink. I don't think I like drinking. I don't want to drink. I'm addicted to the sleep I'm getting. All right, I'll go out. You go out. You keep it kind of tight. You know, you have a couple glasses of wine, and then you have what you're doing. You're where you're like the next day, like, I was that worth it? Then over February, it bleeds into like there will be two or three nights where I'll be like, all right, I'll do one more. And then I have fun doing that. And then slowly my year trajectory just takes me back and ramps up into December when it's like the peak of drinking because of holidays and everyone has off and all that stuff. And you just drink so much. And I keep it's I live in that cycle every year. I've been doing it for like six years. And every year I'm like, I don't want to do it. And then while I'm doing it, I'm like, this is the greatest it is. It's interesting, isn't it? Like I, because I, I think partly for me, it was easy because I haven't been, you know, working. Like, yeah, right. One of right. the hardest things for me has always been to go past a free drink. Like even in the time yeah. when I could afford drinks, there is just something inherent to me that finds it very hard to say no to a free drink. And if you go to a comedy club, yeah. somebody's going to offer you a free uh. drink, and it always just feels like, you know what? It's not good. It's, it's rude. not good value. <laughs> From like, like yeah. that's like if I don't take the free drink, like I guess if I could it's, say to them, could I have five dollars? Like, could right, you just which is, give me five dollars? Please, please, please try this version. I'm not drinking, please. but could I have five dollars? Uh, you want anything? Uh, from yeah. the bar? You go to the bar? Well, I know I, what I would normally get would be about four fifty. Yeah. So if you just want to give me that yeah. money, that would be great. You could just like get me. You know what? And then I'll give you yeah. money next time a I see you. A glass of water and four dollars fifty, please. I'll just take four fifty. I'll just take the cash. I'm getting out of here. Yeah, <laughs> That's you. you've got to. Uh, you've got to try that. I'll just take the yeah. money. Do you mind if you buy? Well, what if you spend five dollars more and I could get a little bite yeah. to eat? Is that okay? <laughs> you willing to? You want anything from the bar? I'll get. Give me some spaghetti. <laughs> Order spaghetti. Thank you, man. Does anyone else want a spaghetti? <laughs> just one spaghetti. I think a vodka soda, a martini, and then I'll just have a plate of spaghetti. Uh, but the problem is, you know, I start in February with one plate of spaghetti, but by like April, I'm eating three plates of spaghetti. Hey, uh, it's really fresh. This is the best. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, get me. Uh, I'll take a pizza, a little spaghetti, a rigatoni. Just get me five of meatballs. Oh. Uh, I'm not in a good spot. Uh, I've been eating a lot of meatballs. Sometimes I come home and I go to the bar, just have a bunch of meatballs alone. I eat meatballs alone. It's sad. Um, what is then? What is what is? Are you going? When do you think the next time you'll have a drink is? Are you going to lean into this now and stay off the booze? I, I think maybe that I'm going to try to. I think probably what I'd, probably what I'll I'll do is institute a special occasions policy for a while like right. you know just like not getting into the habit of just having a drink because it's the end of the day or anything like that right just right if it is a genuine special occasion if i'm like catching up with some people i haven't seen or whatever then yep but okay and look special occasions are few and far between at the moment no yeah i, I can see where, i can see you... where this is going <laughs> I, I was just going to say, it, it, it's, it's, it's my January 30th logic where I go, you know, I'll do Saturdays. And if, it, if it's an important event. And then, you know, I remember when I used to like, 
I man, I used to. L- Did you ever straight up smoke cigarettes, or were you always just mixed uh, it with? Not, not really. Like, I mean, yes, but yeah. not really. No. I used to smoke cigarettes, and I used to fucking love smoking cigarettes. And I've had multiple, as you've even seen some inceptions of it. Uh, but uh, like, I, I've gone through many different incarnations of what I'll. But uh, you know, a full on smoker for years when I was a teenager into my twenties, full on smoker. Went to a Russian hypnotist. I keep meaning to tell this story on stage, but I went to my dad sent me to a Russian hypnotist. This is insane. He sent me to a Russian hypnotist, and the guy basically had cured a few people from smoking. He he did this thing where he he took me into a room. We were in a room with a bunch of older people, and then he took me into a room by myself. He said, "I want you to close your eyelids and picture yourself." smoking a cigarette and i was like okay and then i just heard a crazy noise and i saw hand motions through my eyelids and then i opened my eyes and he sat next to me he's like you'll probably stop smoking and i was like okay and then he goes you also have an incredible ability to heal animals (laughs) and i was like all right and and then i left and i've i've obviously lived with regret for never following up on that statement ever i just keep expecting like to find like an injured elk by the side of the, you know what I mean? Like at some point. So. I mean, have you explored so, your propensity to heal animals in any way? Like, have you ever like seen an injured I, animal and like thought, hang on. I know. I, I keep waiting to be, I keep waiting for destiny mm. to tee it up. Uh, you know, I ha- obviously have a strong affinity for animals. I don't eat animals. Uh, but I, I mean, this guy didn't say, like, you're not going to eat a lot of animals. Like, he said you have an incredible ability to heal. So, yeah, and it's how, just how, sitting on the shelf how collecting he, how dust. How work that out exactly? Again, <laughs> I just wish I was out of the room. The next thing that happened after he said that is I was outside. And just like, what the fuck just happened? I'm supposed to just go... Okay, so how did the hypnotism actually, like, okay, so before I can judge his propensity for identifying your talents for healing animals, I need to, like, you you didn't go there to work out whether you could heal animals or not. You went there for his Russian hypnotism to cure you of your smoking. smoking. So let me know how effective that was before I jump on board with his, like, prediction of what your (laughs) special abilities might be. Well, the truth is I actually quit smoking for quite a while after uh for a while but i remember strongly thinking to myself he didn't do shit i'm gonna willpower through this while i was over at friends houses and they were smoking and i would just have to be like stay in your stay stay in your mantra you're not gonna have any you're not gonna have any you're not gonna have any but i didn't smoke for ages for like probably like two years so that's all I got for okay. you. So you got to, yeah. I mean, there's, <laughs> I love to try. I mean, if there's any way to, you know, find, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying we hurt an animal to see if I can no, heal no, no, it, no. but, no, you know, got, the if animal I could just should be, be pre, pre-hurt. Let's not. Yeah, I want to, I want to freshly hurt, naturally mm, hurt exactly. animal. But I don't know where those are. I mean, you know, I'm in a car a lot of the time or I'm at home. I mean, the pandemic has really killed my ability to try to. 
and no clues out. about how you would heal them. Like he wasn't suggesting that you should be studying the veterinary science or something like that. Or it was like, did you imagine from what he was saying that it was more a lay your hands on the animal and the animal would be healed sort of scenario? I I I I guess I just gathered mm. that it would be a sort of you mm. put your hands on because if anyone like if an organ needs mm. to be moved or you know I, I'm not gonna I I don't think I'll see like an open deer and be like that's the spleen you know like I don't think that I don't expect I expect like this animal was hit by a car it's freaking out you know and I somehow give a Mr Miyagi sort of like slap the hands together give him a a rub and then just put it over the injured area that's sort of what i picture but again you know talk about really buckling under the pressure of asking a follow-up question we'll never know i didn't ask i was again outside very shortly after maybe he just says that to everybody maybe it's just like a prank he's playing on everyone forever do you think he's telling everybody they have the capacity to heal animals or does he no, mix he's probably, it up? Yeah, Does right. he have like a whole bunch on his wall and he's like, I'm just going to... You can predict really bad storms. <laughs> Wait, what? And then you just leave? Yeah. <laughs> you will open an orphanage. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. I mean, that's... that's, it's that's, not, that's I not would... what I've come for, mate. I just wanted to quit smoking. Yeah. I don't need... Yeah, not going to, you're not going to smoke anymore and you're going to come up with a fashion line. <laughs> okay. That's sixty five dollars. Pay on your way out. Because it is an extra bonus, right? Like no one's going in there for quitting smoking and life advice. Like it he's was, just decided. It was not advertised as anything as just stop smoking. It wasn't like stop smoking and a kernel of destiny. But I guess this is what. But that, it adds to him being more mysterious. It adds to the idea that the hypnotism might work. The idea that he has also some ability to just sense from you something special yeah. about you well what probably happened was he probably quit smoking mm. from some person and then on the when his way out the person was like you have an incredible ability to figure out what people's abilities are <laughs> and he was like what do i do with that and he's like no shit i don't know what should i do <laughs> to every person he's like you can you're really good at soccer <laughs> See you later. Yeah, hopefully you don't smoke because your soccer career really can go places. <laughs> yeah, it was truly the craziest. I mean, just craziest shit. Um, but what I would do is, and so then I would smoke. I started smoking again, and I, you know, kept quitting, kept smoking, and then finally have fully quit. But. In order to, and one of my loopholes at one point was I'll only smoke when I drink. And what that led to was so much more alcohol. Like where I would be like, well, I can only have a cigarette if I have a beer. Ah, I'll have a beer, you know, and it, it was a crutch. And so, you know, that is, uh, <laughs> yeah, that had a point related to your drinking in some capacity. Did you ever go? Did you ever consider going back to this, like finding this Russian man and going back to him after you started smoking again, and perhaps getting some more? Uh, I mean, I would have gone back just curious about whether he had any other life advice for me. Well, I think honestly, y y like, I think it took me years to be puzzled by it. Like, I think it was one of those things that I was just kind of like, all right, whatever, you know, and then left. And then I think I told, I, it was probably, I told the story to someone 
And that was like a throwaway. Like, oh, he also said I had an amazing ability to heal animals. But And the person was like, wait, what? And then I think I just started going, yeah, what the fuck was that? What? What? <laughs> when does this happen? And I, I, yeah, I mean, I couldn't go. I, he was old then. I can't. I mean, if he's still alive now, I mean, I can't imagine. Maybe I should. Well, maybe. Go back to Boston and. Find this man. Find this old Russian man. Get some man. closure. Yeah. I remember his name. His name was crazy. His name was Yefim Shabentsov. <laughs> so, so that's that's who I get all my uh, healing advice again? from. Yefim Shabentsov. Oh, I certainly do, sir. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> a good time for a gazintite. <laughs> that that old chestnut. The gazintite. Yefim Shabentsov. No, no, Yashim Yabensov. Yashim Yafim Shabensov. Yafim Shabensov. There you go. Yafim Shabensov. So, try having three beers and saying Yashim that a few times. Shabensov. And yeah, you're already uh. off. Nope. This got it morphed. It morphed a lot. You have an incredible ability to not pronounce my name three times. I'm the anti Beetlejuice. <laughs> Tim Sims. Yeah. <laughs> a different guy appears. You need me? No, not you. Sorry. But oh God. Sorry. You don't do smoking hypnotism. No. Ginseng your pants off. Hello, I'm the naked ginseng man. You called for me? No, no, sorry. We're trying to never mind. My friend here is really struggling with a name. But I'm ginseng my pants yeah. off. Please put your pants on. You don't know me, do you? No, I don't want to. This is a nightmare. Um, what are you doing for Christmas? Do you get to do anything or is it Christmas alone because of the circumstance? Uh, I think I'll have... Uh, I have one friend who uh, is basically my human pod. And I think uh, we'll probably just make a dinner. You know, I did... Actually, there's this... A uh, place in it's in Adelaide called Salem Cafe. It's this vegan mm -hmm. restaurant, and um, I just kept in touch with one of the people who runs it, and she sent me this recipe for a fake turkey. Like her food is unbelievable, and she gave me this recipe for a fake turkey that I've been making, and it is just the greatest thing ever. And so that's what I had on Thanksgiving. And so, yeah, I'll probably make one of those. And that you could tell by how long and stretched out my explanation was of cooking food. That's where life is here. Like, I'm like, you see, I'll make a fake turkey. <laughs> Won't that be a joy? What is it? Isn't that exciting? What is in a fake turkey, though? I'm excited by that. I'm interested in this fake turkey scenario. Is it turkey shaped or is it's it like a turkey bake? It is it you, well. You get to shape it, which is fun, um, but it basically looks like a loaf, and it's basically Satan, is what it is. So our, it's basically our, making our Lord and Master. <laughs> you know, do you, there's not one word that I approach more uncomfortably than like I never I I will never feel comfortable saying it because I'm always like I'm saying so, Satan. Satan, Satan? I don't know what. It's mostly just the Dark Lord and Master <laughs> Satan. It's just the Dark Lord. Anyone want another slice from the Dark Lord loaf? I don't like that you're doing this. Shut up, Beelzebub. Get the rump. So tender. Um, How do you say it? Uh, Satan? Satan? I don't know. Satan? Yeah, so there's a little 
fun at I mean, the I'm end. assuming right. they don't say it's Satan is what I'm saying. They can't possibly be marketing a yeah. product called Satan. It's a, it's a, Our fake meat. Yeah, but meat also has the exact same name as the devil himself. The devil is in the details down here at Satan Industries. <laughs> Do you want some more devil? Who wants devil? Anyone want more devil? Uh, so Satan. Sa- yeah, I don't know. Satan? Satan. Satan. I mean, I, that sounds like a French guy saying Satan. Head law, his name is Satan. <laughs> he is no. He is here for, what did you say, souls? He's here for soul collection. He says his name's Satan, and he, I don't know what his deal is. He's red and big. <laughs> I love it. you got to lay eyes on this guy. He's just, ah, oh, what did your name is, Satan? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but it's basically <laughs> that. <laughs> That stuff. <laughs> that ingredient. I've fallen in love with that I cannot pronounce. Yefim Shabensov, gun on my hip. Yefim Shabensov. Satan? Hello? I'm here. I heard Will wants to quit saying my name. I'll hypnotize him. You have an incredible ability to not get oh, my name man, right. I do have an incredibility. Um, uh, man, thanks for doing this. It, um, I, it feels, I feel it's nine 30 in the morning on a Saturday morning now. And I feel it's a we- it's, this is a weird way to start a day. Not only am I a bit hungover, oh, but yeah. now I'm like, really <laughs> like, Amy, I'll go upstairs this is- and Amy will be like, what did you talk about on the podcast? And I'll be like, Sorry. well, <laughs> yeah, it's, not, but it's good. It's a good goof zone. Like, I mean, not that you want to wake up with that hangover, but it is like, you know, you get all giggly. <laughs> just like I don't know. You like you don't have sleep, but uh, yeah, yes. that's what. I, that's my way of saying always a pleasure. Thank no, you. No, I, I, it has felt a little like laying on the couch, like watching cartoons the, right, the next day right. and just talking yeah. absolute fucking nonsense. So I hope people have enjoyed yeah, just... that. <laughs> and remember, I was sober, so <laughs> there you go. Hey, um, thanks for doing this. We wish you all the best of you know luck and safety and all those things. Of course. Oh, we're fine here. That we, you know, but don't worry about us. Everything's. Don't worry. I got a good feeling. We're gonna. Mm-hmm. Hail Satan! <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're done. Oh no! Hey, people, plugs. <laughs> let's do plugs. I'll do. You know, let's do proper. Plugs. Oh, okay, let's, yeah. So the dollop, obviously. Um, point versus point. Yeah. We do an episode every couple of weeks that shows bananas. Uh, I do Gariffs, which is improvised stand-up comedy from my uh, apartment. Uh, you can watch that at uh, my YouTube or my Instagram Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Coast time, which for Australians, is uh, that means it's two days after uh, minus six hours. And... Um, and you can watch that. And uh, yeah, and my YouTube is Gareth Reynolds, uh, youtube.com backslash Gareth Reynolds TV. And you can go there and subscribe. And I have a bunch of shit yeah. there. So, so Gareth Reynolds TV is fine. Because you, you know, really did well, describe when you're that talking like about the internet, platform of the web it is a wide web with a plethora of options http you gotta put that in and then a colon if you don't put that in you're screwed right off the bat just please for the love of god do not forget your h double tp colon thank you that's godspeed to everybody and really check out online it's quite a place all right we're done thank you my friend (laughs) 
Thank you, Will. (laughs) 